morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Chase Life 720 Podcast. I am your host, Chase. This is episode one, yet untitled. And as I sit here, I think, wow, there's a lot of pressure to make a good impression. Small disclaimer, over the course of this podcast, you may hear lighters flicking, long, deep inhales and exhales, and whether you believe it or not, maybe some coffee. <laughs> as I try to find my groove, bear with me as I uh, keep my anxiety at a bare minimum. Um, today, I really just want to bounce a few ideas off the wall and see what sticks. Thank you for taking this ride with me. Uh, bear with me. Guess I should start with a little bit of background here. Uh, Thirty-one, born and raised in Central New York. I won't give out the city. Just, I'm just not. But what I will say is, my city is one of the uh, major cities. When we talk uh, parts of states, I will say that you know New York State. Is bigger than just New York City. <laughs> um, yeah, so. <sighs> trying this podcast thing as I uh, try my hand at music and long gone are the days when. Rapidy rap was a thing, and uh, people actually cared about lyrics and punchlines, metaphors, and not to say that those rappers don't exist, it's just way too hard to get in the mix. I am fully aware that uh, the podcast scene is, at the moment, what we call oversaturated. Or you point me in a direction of something that's not. But I'll point you in a direction of a desert. I still haven't figured out or determined whether or not I'll be doing any swearing on this podcast. At this very moment, I have the strong urge to drop an F-bomb, but we'll refrain from until such determination is made. Now, we'll go on record and say that this is a cigarette I am smoking. For any children that are listening, do not smoke. I know. Do as I say, not as I do. That's a bad habit to kick. Actually, it's a bad habit to pick up. It's a worse habit to kick. Just don't do it. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, 
as I put that out, I am now going to proceed to uh, meditate. <laughs> Bear with me. There we go. Much better. I always smoke the cigarette first. Something about smoking it after, it just tastes gross. It should be all the more reason to quit, but who's judging? Who's judging? I think that's a great segue. Been having it on my mind for quite some time there about the uh, who's judging part. Now, in today's society, I found that a lot of people aren't as religious as they used to be. Um, everyone's got this title of uh, spirituality. I will not get, because I don't know what that, what that means. But from a religious context, they speak of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So maybe we just choosing one out of the three to honor. As I digress, the uh, the judgment portion of it. You know, I've been having this moral dilemma, if you will, regarding the uh, the legalities of society versus the legalities of this spirituality that everyone's pushing. You know, I won't I won't say religion because it sounds. It's a, it's a negative connotation, excuse me, as I put out the, uh, yeah. It's a negative connotation that goes along with religion, you know. It's a lot of people like to take the word and split it up, religion. And yeah, I'm like diving into all of that conspiracy crap. What I will say is that um, institutions have uh, created a class system in and of its own, um, separate from financial status. Um, the organizations that you belong to, the, uh, the, uh, the tribes, the, uh, the places that, uh, we frequent the most, you know, and the, and the good spirit of cheers where they know your name. Everybody knows your name there. You know, it it's become what we deem, or what some may deem to be uh, the religion. Uh, well, I'm only doing this, and this is what I'll honor. Uh, and yet, in turn, those same entities that we give this power then have those, you know, powers to present judgment upon us. Say, for instance, right? You get your cable bill. You got charges on it. You say you didn't order them. You go, you make your call, and they turn around and say, well, it came from your TV. So, you did it. Is that a valid argument? You know? Yeah, you might have those who push back, but is that a valid argument? Because it came from your television, it happened. Accidents happen. 
or to make that judgment as if you have the right to make the judgment. Knowing that some people don't even understand that they've succeeded the ability to judge themselves to whatever entity exists. Maybe a validation step. I don't know. I, at this point, I'm, I think I'm rambling, but I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. So not too long ago, I, uh, I was ordained, duly ordained and licensed as a, uh, as a minister. Why, you know, one might ask, uh, I have my beliefs. But it wasn't until I started doing my uh, historical research on, re not religion per se, but uh, the ideal of higher being. I think that's probably where the spiritual people are deriving this uh, spirituality just from knowing that there's something just not having a term to explain it. And that's fine. I think that the uh, the people who look for the words to explain it are the ones who uh, aren't actually getting it. So I become a minister. And I started researching and doing not that I hadn't researched before becoming the minister. Of course, you got to know things to get things, but you do it at face value. You know, it's what I believe, so it's what I'll do. But I got curious, you know, uh, because a lot of people peek at the Bible. They, uh, they, 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 um, they'll even skim through it, you know select out certain verses and put them in or out of a context to best suit their needs or their argument. But when you read through and you, you peep the, the reoccurring theme that we all must submit to something that we can't see, touch, taste, smell, hear, or feel. Because at that point, you truly understand what you're capable of. And I say this as I light the cigarette. As the Bible dates back to the time of uh, Abraham. You know, they'll give you the story of Adam and Eve, but in all actuality, it doesn't start until Abraham. And they'll give you the story of Noah as well, but again, it doesn't start till Abraham. Since the first covenant was made, it was that I would not put anything above the Father. Not anything I can see, touch, taste, smell, hear, 
or fear. Would only submit to something that you could not see, hear, touch, taste, smell of fear. So throughout history, we find men and women who have this propensity, this desire to rely on the things that they can see, hear, touch, taste, smell, and fear. And I don't want to keep repeating these same things, but when we talk common sense, I like to say that common sense isn't as common as people think it is. And when you talk of the senses, I think those are the common senses that everyone's so, so, so apt to refer to as common sense. It's not a thought, it's a, using the basic instinct that you were given. However, to reach a higher self, you got to get past the common senses and start realizing what the sense is. Again, let me not lose you here. And because of this need for this physical, they need to separate themselves from everyone else. So you devise this mockery, this imitation of submitting to something that you cannot see here. And they like to call them, you know, laws and policies. However, in the, in the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you get those 10 laws that, that we all should be abiding by. You know, just to make decent human beings. And then you think, well, if God created laws to make decent human beings, then obviously we as human beings aren't capable of governing ourselves. But once you reach that higher self, you realize, well, if I'm convincing enough, then I can convince people that I do have the ability to not only govern myself, but them as well. And then you get your original class system, you know, as far as your pecking order and uh, financial status. Um, but as you read further in the Bible, it, it makes sure to tell you that God comes first, society second. To make a good society, you must keep God first. And the only thing you need to do is a few short list of things. Keeping God in remembrance, you know, prayer. Um, honoring those 10 small list of rules. And uh, never putting anything before him. And then I started thinking here, because with being a minister, there's, there's, there's laws and there's policies that in New York State particularly govern which shouldn't, as the federal court system has determined that there will be no 
um, prohibition or induction of religion into the state, which is just a reiteration of the Magna Carta, which is just a reiteration of uh, <laughs> a bunch of other things that go back beyond America's existence. Hence my historical research about church and state and the separation that has existed since the beginning. They had this thing that's called the ecclesiastical law or canon, can, canonic, canonical. There we go. Canonical. I don't want to mispronounce it. The canonical law, which governs those who submit to the Catholicistic derivative of Christendom or Christianity, if you will. Um, and I found it very odd that they would have their own set of laws separate from Christendom or Christendom and separate of the Hebrew. Now, of course, you know, I'm not going to get into the division between the religions as they all believe in the same God. So why is this particular set of laws held in high regard across the world as opposed to the other quote-unquote religions? And it takes you back to, you know, your Constantines and, you know, your Roman empires and the adoption of Catholicism as the, the, uh, the religion of choice, if you will. Um, but it being a military power and, you know, running through the Crusades and how the French just weren't having it, uh, and they made it a point to keep the church and God separate from state society. Now, when you read through these ecclesiastical laws, you realize, all right, this is a self-governing body. But if God is the only thing to govern you, what was the purpose of creating your self-governing body? Ultimately is, do you genuinely put the power in God or is it a facade? You know, we have <laughs> numerous instances of court cases where uh, religion has allowed certain exemptions and discretionary um, decisions to be made amongst them, you know, themselves. So it really got me to thinking. What laws does one abide by? And then it came across this, uh, this particular scripture. And I know in not too long ago, I mentioned, you know, one likes to uh, take particular scripture and, you know, kind of take it out of its context. Uh, let's see if I can uh, 
get us pulled up here. And the goal, again, isn't to take it out of context, but to remind everyone of the context that was given to begin with. Now, what I won't do is just read the particular verse, but instead I'll read the chapter up and through that particular verse. Now, there's options of those, you know, of you who are familiar with the King James Version versus those who are familiar with the New World Translation um, versus the New International Version. All are just reiterations of the same thing. They do have, you know, what I might call transliterations where, um, you know, certain words aren't the same, but... Yet and still, it is still the same once uh, context is added to it. So uh, what I'll do is just for argument's sake and everyone being fairly uh, accustomed to such as far as being in the Americas, um, the King James Version is the original version given to America um, in the 1700s. So uh, let's start with 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 1, dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust, and not before the saints? Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, and ye are unworthy to judge the smallest matters, know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are at least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law with one another. Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do ye not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, ye do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren. Know ye not that the, right, excuse me, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I'll stop that there. Just to add context. As there being a conversation had. Arising out of the issue that man has been submitting to this governing power of law and policy and society um, when all disputes and all issues were to be resolved 
amongst one another through the help of the Bible. Again, this isn't my attempt to uh, convert or convince anyone of anything, just a book that's been around for quite some time and has still been providing a path to follow. That last scripture, verse 12, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. Again, they spoke in the old English, so as I translate for you, which just means that all things are lawful. Very, very transparent, that sentence. But all things are not expedient. All things are not advantageous. Yes, it might be. Let me use a less, less, <laughs> lesser crime here. In God's eyes, all of those ten laws which are broken can be forgiven, as God is a just God and forgiven as much as possible, as history has shown. However, um, if one were to steal an apple from your local market, well, it's only a crime because of your local and state authorities and, you know, your federal law. However, it is just a, a sin to God, a sin that can be forgiven. So if it is a sin that can be forgiven without having to be bondaged and enslaved, then why do we submit to the bondage and the slavery? That's a little confusing there. Oh, that second line there being the, uh, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meaning that I'm acknowledging that there is some form of, of power amongst men that is being enforced or attempted to be implemented. But it only works when you submit to it. Disclaimer, no, this is not one of the uh, revolutionary point of views, nor is it a, a, a call for, you know, an uprising or an upheaval, but more or less just a question of understanding. Um, supplementation of knowledge, the hope to attain wisdom. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, ultimately, I I kind of at a loss as far as the understanding, the knowledge, and the wisdom is I understand that men, and as I say men, I, it includes women, it should say humankind, 
might be a little more humankind. Um, is a a race of creatures that must submit to something. It's the reason why technology is able to take off and the reason why everyone gets up and goes to work. Not everyone, you know, those of us, those of us who do, you know, and those of us who don't, you know, we, we submit to a system, you know, um, you know, no one being naive, those of us who submit to the governmental programs, well, you're submitting, you're telling someone somewhere that you don't feel capable of doing this yourself. And those of us who get up and go to work, you know, 40 plus hours a week, if we can, um, we are submitting to the bequest of something that genuinely wouldn't care if we stopped coming. You know, the fact that we do, it's a bonus for them. The fact that if we don't, well, you know, it's a revolving door where, you know, when a, one door closes, a window opens. And that's how, you know, it's played out for the most part. Um, all I'm saying is that when it comes to submission, excuse me, submission, it should be done to God. Um, if I were submitting to the laws and policies of, you know, my local statutes, ordinances, and things of that nature, then I'd say that by me driving 85 miles an hour on the interstate would be considered speeding. However, if I am en route to perform my sacramental duties um, or to provide my services as a spiritual advisor. And this session may very well be life or death. Within the, the laws and policies of the road, our traffic laws, they are null and void. As this life is more important than the policy, granted, Safety just as important. Now, if that 85 means that I may, in fact, put someone in danger, well, honestly, then that means that I'm not taking my life serious enough. But as long as it's safe to pass, then I, I bring this up as I, I speak from what one might consider to be experience. Um, you would have to prove to me that someone who's given the authority and the responsibility to make determinations, reports, and provide spiritual advisement should be held to the same regard as a person who is able to be enslaved and bondaged as I submit not to the laws and policies, but to, to God alone. 
Now, this is not a call to say everyone go out and figure out how to become a minister. Well, on the contrary, this is me ministering. Not in a religious manner, but teaching. That where there's a will, there's a way. And in all of us are given free will. Taking back to the story of Adam and Eve. When they were given free will, whether or not they wanted to choose to eat fruit from a tree that they were told would be forbidden. I don't know. Kind of do, but uh, it's episode one. I don't want to go too far. What I do want to talk about as I live in New York State, <clears throat> we just had a uh, big to-do about gun rights. As the federal government has decided that it would be unconstitutional to tell New Yorkers that they are unable to keep firearms in their home and then to bear firearms in public. New York has decided to do was pass some statutes that stated that well, if you want to keep and bear arms, here's a bunch of hoops that are on fire that you must jump through. Things such as provide us references of your good moral character. But if I live out in the country, who could I possibly find? To, whatever. They want your social media accounts, okay? This is episode one. I haven't even put it on a social media yet. I don't deal in social media. I don't have a Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. I don't, I don't do it for social media. This doesn't even pertain to me. How are you asking me for something? I don't even, whatever. Um, They want you to take training courses, which makes sense. That, out of all the requirements, is, is one of the few things that actually makes sense. I think everyone should be trained. But they tell you that you're not allowed to take apart your firearm. That you must be a licensed gunsmith. Taking apart your firearm, even to clean it, has now become a felony. What if I can afford to take it to is it that I shouldn't have been able to afford to purchase it? Is it a maintenance upkeep kind of a thing where if you can't afford the upkeep, they take it from you? Or you should get rid of it? I, I don't know. And one may be thinking, if you are an ordained minister, what is the, why does it being concerned? Well, not too long ago, there was a uh, news story that broke downstate in New York City where there was a pastor who 
without passing judgment, as that is not my position, happened to have on jewelry. Not a point in question that I will raise is if there are homeless people still, hungry children. There's no need for jewelry. There's no need for gold, diamonds, rubies. You know, we it's not, we, the Vatican shouldn't exist if hunger still exists. I'll repeat that. The Vatican itself as a physical structure and all of its treasures should not exist if they are homeless and hungry. And I stand on that statement. But this pastor, not to get off topic, excuse me. <laughs> Yep, that's, mm -hmm. yep, this particular pastor, he, uh, he found himself in a predicament where, uh, and I think he might even been the deacon, I don't think he might have been the pastor per se, I think he was a deacon, I, forgive me, I, I'm not big on internet and kind of just came to me in passing, but uh story went that uh, a young man proceeded to take these, I want to take, procure, yeah, there we go, commandeer, I, I don't like the word take, because I don't feel like he took, you know, if a man is hungry, they will kill to eat, I'll say this again, if a man is hungry, he will kill to eat, that is history, so a man procured himself some jewelry from a man of the cloth, a man of God who doesn't have to take a vow of poverty out loud. It's, it's kind of been insinuated that you will not live above the means of which it requires you to survive, let alone place yourself and a status or class higher than the people that you're supposed to be ministering or leading to God. I won't get into why, you know, tithes and donations and things of that nature. That's a whole different creature. Maybe that's in episode 40 or something. I don't know. But I was asked how I felt about it, you know, being ordained and I stated that didn't care, genuinely didn't care. Not because it's it's not me or that it, what if someone attempted to rob me? I'll repeat it. If a man is hungry, he will kill to survive. So when you come across individuals like this, and I say this to everyone, everywhere, if you come across individuals with the, yes, they're the random knuckleheads and they don't know what they're doing. They're not hungry. They're just out here looking for a thrill. Even them, just give it to them. 
Whatever you have is replaceable, I promise you. If you don't have insurance, it's not under warranty, so what? You make the police report after it's all said and done. You then take your police report to wherever you got to take it to. Losses, theft, and everything, your electronics, whatever it is, it's covered. You'll get a new one. Promise you. Give it to them. And it's not in a submission to the threat. It's in realization that you're submitting to a moment. A moment is going to keep you alive. As the uh, the deacon, I believe, is, is definitely still alive. He provided this gentleman with those, uh, such items. Now, I do not wish bondage or enslavement upon no man, woman, or child, though it happens more frequently today than it's the one cares to, to, to address as far as history is concerned. <clears throat> but at that moment, that man should have became a part of the church, could have kept the jury, could have kept everything. It should not have been news, it should not have made, he should have become a member of that congregation. Probably should have made him a minister. For real. Probably should have made him a minister. But I guess no one's smart enough to think outside the box. Uh, but then it came to my thought process about, you know, clergymen and firearms. And I thought about it. I'm like, well, should ministers actually have firearms or the church have weaponry? And then I thought of the crusades. And I'm like, well, never stopped them before. But I'm curious. And, you know, listeners, if you're feeling interactive and. I want to kind of pick your brains here. How would you feel going to church and your pastor, your preacher, your bishop, your deacon, everyone strapped to the teeth? Just ponder on it. Everyone. The choir. Shoulder straps with something automatic on it. You know, it's it's not meant to be funny. It's an idea. It's an idea. Then I come to find out that uh, after New York State had passed its law about uh, these new requirements, uh, it has now been sent up to uh, a federal judge again in an appeals court. And uh, one of the uh, appellants, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, happens to be a pastor and stated that he would not, not carry his firearm in his church. As uh, New York, along with the requirements, stated that there'd be a bunch of places in this state that you would not be allowed to open carry or conceal carry for that matter. Uh, ch church being one of them. 
And this pastor took it to the appellate court with regards to the constitutionality of state stepping into church boundaries. Now, when you think guns in church, you know, may all of the innocents, you know, rest in peace, but it's not a good thought, you know. You, you, you do think back to your Dylan Roots, you know, and, and hell, and if we're not talking about guns, we can just talk about just church and crime and violence and, you know, go back to Birmingham and, you know, how far you want to play it, but uh, I like to think that if mass men showed up in my church, Having the gun isn't, wouldn't give me the same feeling as, has, as having these, the understanding or, or reaching some form of understanding. As I stated, the man who held the, the deacon should have become a member of that congregation. The mass men coming to my church, if they hadn't already started shooting, well, well, let's see if we can get some new members in this congregation, you know. Now, by all means, if shots are already fired, then I, you know, we're not, this isn't the, 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 you know, the cult where everyone's going to drink Kool-Aid and just roll over. It's not going to happen that way. Uh, I'd absolutely be preferring to defend myself and the entire congregation. But to think that we all want to submit to something, but at the moment we're divided between things we can see, touch, taste, smell, feel, and hear. I think I'm saying touch and feel. I'm thinking five, but I'm saying six, and I'm like, touch and feel is the same thing. Please forgive me. Um, <clears throat> forgive me. Technical difficulties. The taste amazing. Um. For what it's worth, as I think 40, 50 minutes is pretty long enough. I'm not a big fan of rambling, but uh, I think I did quite a bit, didn't say too much. Probably, uh, probably is gonna have questions of my own when I hear this back, but uh, rocking with it. Uh, I just wanna leave everyone with this. Free will isn't an idea. It's a right. We all have it. Some of us choose to use it in scenarios where it's not applicable. That's God's will. Others choose to freely give it away. 
Realize what choice is. There's no such thing as pro-choice or anti-choice. It's just choice. You either do or you don't. You are or you aren't. You will or you won't. <laughs> Love everything and everybody. See you guys next week.